Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Golden Star Resources fourth quarter 2020 results conference call. At this time, all lines are in a listen-only mode. Following the presentation, we will conduct a question and answer session. If at any time during this call you require assistance, please press star zero for the operator. This call is being recorded on Thursday, February 25th, 2021. I'd now like to turn the conference over to Andrew Ray. Please go ahead. Thank you very much, and uh, good morning, good afternoon. Everybody, welcome to Golden Star's Q4 and full year 2020 results call. Um, if I can draw your attention, we'll move to slide two um, on the presentation. You've got a disclaimer there, which I'll point out. Um, then moving on to slide three, uh, you can see team on today, myself, Graham, our COO, Paul Thompson, CFO, and Mitch Wassell, VP Exploration. Um, Mitch is in Ghana, and I think there's a pretty big storm there at the moment, so bear with us if there's a bit of background noise, but hopefully the line will hold up. Um, so if we can move on to slide four, please. Um, you can see there that really, you know, if we look at 2020, I think like any business anywhere, a busy year. Uh, in the case of Golden Star, we planned it to be a busy year, and then clearly we had the additional challenges of dealing with the pandemic. Um, for us, really, 2020 was about repositioning the business and putting ourselves in a position where we can extract maximum value from what is a very exciting asset in Wassa. Uh, that meant that we sold Ogaso Prestair Limited at the end of Q3, um, and we also addressed several elements of our balance sheet to set us up to be able to invest more heavily in Wassa. Um, as Paul will take us through, that introduces a bit of complexity into the financial reporting in terms of continuing and discontinued operations. So bear with us through that and the explanations. And 2021 will then be a much cleaner year from reporting purposes. And as I said, now we focus on WASA and um, a lot of milestones there that we'll set out. We've got the PEA work that we've pretty much completed now, and we're going to be reporting on that on Monday in more detail. And you know that'll set out uh, how we see the longer term at WASA and the potential of a large ore body, a large resource, lots of growing mine production already. So that'll be part of the technical report we'll, realize, we'll release on Monday with an update on our reserve and resources and show what the reserve bank plan looks like. And then beyond that, what the 
extensions at WASA can contribute through the PEA. We move on to slide five in the presentation there. You can see left-hand side of the page, you've got the key metrics in Q4, um, which really demonstrate that continued progress at WASA and um, Graham will take us through some of those operating metrics a little bit more and pull the financial metrics. I think it is important to remember that that was achieved in the COVID environment that we've been operating in. We've negotiated that um, pretty well, I think. Some impacts on the business, but we've minimized that. And as we saw, uh, WASA uh, stepped back up in the grade in the fourth quarter. Um, and some positive drilling results, both up and down dip, that Mitch will talk a little bit about in the exploration section. Um, and I think it is also important there, as we note, that safety performance at WASA improved during the year, and compared to last year, the metrics showed the focus on safety translating through, and that's something that will continue. Um, can we go to slide six, please? Um, there you can see what we achieved in Q4 and the full year versus the guidance. So, um, you know, good delivery of guidance there. Um, worth pointing out the AISC at WASA was slightly above about a percent, percent and a half above the range, um, which was a function of royalties with a higher gold price clearly higher than we budgeted for at the start of the year. Um, we did process the lower grade stockpiles given that gave us good cash generation. Um, obviously with that grade there, higher cost ounces, but still cash generative ounces. And we reallocated the GNA entirely to WASA with the disposal of Prestea. So, you know, without those, we'd have probably been pretty firmly in the middle of the range. And Q4 saw some acceleration of CapEx, a bit of a catch up with one or two items that had got behind during the year that were in the initial budget and we managed to catch those up. And one or two things we brought forward as well to take advantage of the fact that we're able to execute on those during the quarter. But as I said, pretty broad compliance there with what we'd set out and in fact you know we increased that production guidance as you recall during the year at WASA so uh, a pleasing performance all in. Uh, moving on to slide seven the outlook in 2021 and our focus I think really comes back to what I was saying it's setting WASA up for that continued growth and really that means Putting the development in, continuing to increase the development meters as we've done over the course of 2020. So we're giving ourselves access to the material and flexibility to mine. And also a lot of infill drilling there. We want to improve uh, the confidence of what we see already as well as um, our knowledge base of what we're going to be mining. So a big step up in both of those. And also in exploration, both at and around WASA as well as more regionally where we see significant opportunity and multiple targets there to 
continue to potentially add resource for WASA itself and more broadly target new standalone opportunities for us as a business. So, um, you know, there's plenty there that, that keeps us busy in the context of solid operating performance from WASA. You'll see pretty similar metrics in 2021 to 2020. And, you know, that'll help in terms of cash generation for that step up in investment. And we'll start to operate the PACE plant as we go through. Graham will provide a bit more detail on that. It'll add a little bit to the cost, but gives us better mining flexibility. So with that, I'll hand over to Graham. will take us through Wasser in a bit more detail. Graham. Thanks, Andrew. Um, let me move over to slide nine. Um, just, just a bit of a, a recap of the scale of, of Wasser. Uh, with the long section there, um, you can see the, the current mining area shown on that long section. Um, and uh, you know, as Andrew mentioned, on, on Monday we'll be coming out with the updated uh, resource and reserve estimates. Um, but important to note, you know, the decline capacity at 5,000 tonnes a day, we've, we've done some more work on that and we've sort of shown that over 2020 that that's achievable. And then obviously we've got the uh, plant capacity is a, the kind of next milestone um, that we're looking for at Wasser. And um, Mitch will talk about some of the exploration activities that we're able to focus on um, through 2021. So moving over to the next slide, just uh, characterise the, the quarter at Wasser as a solid quarter. Uh, as Andrew mentioned, uh, safety and sustainability performance continues to be strong and a focus area for the team, especially um, in, in amongst COVID-19. Um, so, you know, some, some good management controls there um, at WASA that are, that are, you know, keeping the business uh, running well for us. Um, importantly, six quarters in a row, uh, 4,000 tonnes plus per day. Um, back off a little bit in Q4 compared to Q3 as we had some a little bit more high grade coming through the plan and you can you can see that how that reflects in the grade um, recovery still nice and stable um, at Wasser as we've seen um, over time moving over to the next slide uh, just in terms of unit costs um, seeing some of those um, Slightly lower volumes uh, reflected in the in the unit costs. Um, site GNA was starting to pick up a little bit extra um, GNA with the um, uh, with the sale of Bogaso Prestia, um, and as Andrew said, the site all-in sustaining cost um, pretty pretty well in line with our expectations when you normalise for you know some of the low-grade material and the the additional royalty costs. Uh, moving on to the next slide, across to slide 12, probably the, the key highlight for me for the quarter at WASA is really some of the infrastructure, um, you know, we've talked about in previous quarters, but really getting that to the, um, to the sharp end. Um, we completed construction of the pace plant. We're a little bit delayed in commissioning just with uh, 
with travel restrictions, et cetera, but um, we did get um, November, December, we did get the uh, commissioning engineers from from uh, GRES and, and CEC filters are the two key two key um, commissioning groups on site. Um, that commissioning has progressed well, and we, uh, in fact, this week we're filling the first test stove. So, um, a little bit behind our original schedule, but um, but a really a high quality facility um, that you know that's been built 100% in country. Um, you know, with a with a lot less um, external support than we'd originally envisaged. Um, and probably just highlighting some of the sustainability benefits of, of you know, reusing the um, tailings material for backfill. Um, you know, we'll start to start to see more of that benefit of, um, you know, reducing the, the TSF volume and footprint and obviously the uh, reduction in greenhouse gas emissions um, as compared to other backfill methods. Um, and just a just a reminder there that the um, you know the capital costs we we uh, we managed to bring that in under budget, um, and you you would have seen earlier that you know we're looking at three to four dollars per ton this year, and that's really because of the ramp up um, over the long term. That's sort of that sort of five to seven dollar range per ton um, that it's adding to the unit cost, but obviously much better ore recovery um, from the from the ore body. Um, similarly, with the um, with the power supply, the uh, the new Jensa power station um, commissioned early in Q1, so that's now up and running, and we're we're already starting to see the benefits of more stable power supply. Um, the electrical upgrade, I think we talked about in previous quarters, so that's um, that's really enabling us to you know focus on the next five years, six years of development. Um, with uh, you know good stable power supply, um, and also the uh, the dewatering infrastructure is also um, up and running as well. So lots of good um, lots of good work, you know, completed to a really high standard, um, and you know managed by the team on site. So probably the most pleasing thing about uh, about 2020 for us at Wasser. Um, and with that, I'll hand over to Paul to uh, talk a little bit about the financial results. Thank you, Graham. Um, yeah, 2020 was a transformational year, as Andrew's just said. So this is this is reflected in the financial statements. So just as a quick recap in terms of the key events. So we had the disposal of Prestia. So that's now classified as a discontinued operation. WASA well, is obviously a continuing operation. Secondly, we had the refinancing of the Macquarie Credit Facility. And then the third major thing that happened from a financial perspective was moving the corporate office to London. So all of these things were done against the backdrop of a volatile macroeconomic environment and also the challenges of COVID-19. So I think overall a good year and a good quarter for the business. So if we turn our attention to revenue, so I'm on slide 16. Um, 2020 was a good year of production, which benefited from the strength of the gold price. So the average realised gold price in Q4 was 15.79 and 16.26 for the year. There was a non-cash adjustment in respect of the Royal Gold Stream and the deferred revenue component thereof. 
which takes into account the estimated number of ounces expected to be delivered as part of the stream agreement. So that's over the life of mine. So with the number of ounces increasing, this resulted in a reduction to the revenue of just under $8 million and a reduction to the finance cost of $1.5 million as per the reported numbers. But it's, it's key to just point out that these, these adjustments are non-cash in nature. Moving to the EBITDA, the major impact has obviously been the removal of pressed air from the results. So the strong EBITDA from the continuing operations, WASA, of 28.5 million demonstrates WASA's ability to generate cash. So the sale of the business uh, Prestia on the 30th September resulted in the following. So these are the discontinued operations piece. So uh, mine operating loss of 14 million, the loss and sale of 36.6 million. And the costs or losses incurred during Q4 and related to Prestia those amounted to $1.7 million. So those are recognised in Q4. So those are the final costs associated with the overall disposal, which hadn't been reflected in the Q3 results. Moving to the adjusted EBITDA, this, uh, there was $2.5 million of costs realised in relation to the settlement of hedge positions. So that those were hedge positions in relation to Q2 and Q3 2020. And then there's obviously the impact of the deferred revenue component that I've just spoken about. So earnings per share, it's a material step up. The full year 2020 EPS of uh, $0.35 per share demonstrates the underlying earnings capability of WASA and also the increase in the realized gold price. The EPS for the discontinued operations, on the other hand, reflects the losses from Prestia, and that's the uh, 47 cents number that can be seen um, in the FY 2020 column. Next slide, please, Jeff. So slide 17 in terms of the balance sheet, this really has changed significantly when we compare the year end 19 to year end 20. So uh, these transformational events have enabled this to happen. So firstly, the Macquarie Loan Facility was restructured at the beginning of Q4 2020. So in short, the revised principal repayment profile, uh, those, those payments have been rescheduled and pushed out, and we've increased the principal, resulting in additional liquidity of $35 million in the business. The big thing that the finance team is focusing on this year is a convertible debenture, which is due to be redeemed on August 15, uh, 2021. So that's really front of mind for us as a business. So we ended the year um, with a healthy cash balance of 61 million, meaning that the net debt position was 45 million. So with the underlying performance of WASA, the business has the ability to generate strong cash flows, particularly in a higher gold price environment. So with the, it's useful just to point out that there's additional liquidity factors for 2021, which include the following. So there's um, 10 million additional principal from the Macquarie facility available. There's the receipt of the deferred consideration from FGR. And there's the ATM, which was put in place uh, during 2020, but it's key to stress that this hasn't been used to date. In terms of protecting 
um, our downside. We have put zero cost protection collars in place. Um, and these relate to the years 2021 and 22. So each year has 43,750 ounces at a floor of 1,600, then ceilings in 21 of 2176 and 2188 in 2022. So, in my view, this is a good range of pricing, which preserves significant upside to the gold price, whilst on the risk side, giving cost protection at a sensible level, particularly in respect of WASA's ongoing development. We turn to the next slide, it's slide 18. This is where you can see how the balance sheet has really changed in terms of the sale of press there. So you can see that we have moved from negative net assets to positive net assets. So the sale of press there has resulted in the removal of quite a large negative working capital position, as well as the removal of the 51 million rehabilitation liability. So from Q4 onwards, I'd say that the business has returned to have a normal level of working capital. So what does this mean from a cash flow perspective? If we turn to slide 19. So as a consequence of COVID and Q1, and the combination of the ongoing press there business and the cash losses that that was incurring, management had to preserve cash and be really disciplined around costs and look for other opportunities to generate cash. So this was reflected in the capital spend profile, which was skewed a little bit more towards H2 2020, in particular Q4, where there was an increase in the exploration and the capital costs were accelerated during that time, including the TSS. The, the second thing which was done was certain planned expenditures were deferred into H2 2020. So there was some G&A costs and maintenance costs. And then we had some working capital management procedures, which we were able to do in order to carefully manage the cash balance. So in Q4, the underlying earnings for the continuing business were similar to Q3. There were higher ounces, as Graham's just explained, which was partly offset by a slightly lower realized price. So the key points to note on this cash bridge, cash flow forecast, uh, cash flow bridge, sorry, for 2020 are as follows. So WASA generated $68 million. One point to note is on the tax. Um, the tax base in 2020 was 25.8 million, as shown in the chart on slide 19. So the tax is paid quarterly, and it's paid very. It's paid in the following quarter. So normally three or four days after the quarter end. Um, so as such, the tax related to Q4 2020 was actually paid in early January 2021. So if we had normalised that amount and included it in the cash flow forecast, uh, cash flow uh, waterfall chart, sorry, for 2020, the actual cash tax paid would have been $37 million. Facilitate. And that's included in the financing activities. And the cash consumed by by Presti in 2020 was $31 million. So the cash outflow in Q4 2020 included uh, a number of catch-up CapEx items, as I mentioned before. The total was $15 million. So in summary, 
2020 was a very significant and important year for Gold Star. The balance sheet has been completely repositioned to help and facilitate the growth in WASA. If I could hand over uh, to go through the exploration geology slides and uh, Mitch will take you through these. Thanks, Paul. Um, we're going to skip over the first slide here. We'll go to slide 21. Uh, slide 21 is sort of an overview of uh, the current holdings that we have now along the eastern side of the Ashanti Belt. Um, you can take a look there. So we roughly have about 352 square kilometers and 90 kilometer strike length along what I like to call the eastern side of the Ashanti Belt, which is relatively unexplored. Um, this year, uh, our exploration guidance for the budget is going to be $15 million, so we're back into the drilling phase again, uh, prior to what we've done from the previous years, uh, and uh, when we end up drilling, we end up finding significant ounces. So I'm glad to be back into the, to the saddle again, as they say, and uh, going forward with the drilling. Um, the programs we're going to be looking at for 2021, uh, that budget of $15 million is roughly split in two, roughly $7 million being spent at WASA and uh, 7 million or more regional targets from there, 7 or 8 million from there. Um, we're going to be testing most of the targets in and around Watson, and I, I will home in on this a little bit better on the next few slides. I'm just giving a brief overview here on this one. So what we're looking for for milestones in 21 is the mineral reserve and resource. That's been updated, and as Andrew mentioned, we'll be releasing that on the 1st of March, which is Monday. Um, we're going to be doing some in-mine targets, testing in and around uh, the current resource and reserve at Wasson. I'll show you some slides on that and some of the earlier results that we picked up in uh, some of the drilling we did in Q4. Uh, more regional uh, testing of the targets we've got down towards the south as well, and I'll show you some more detail on that one. Um, plus, what I'm quite excited about is we're going to be drilling some holes underneath uh, some of the Benso pits, Sabrisa East and Sabrisa West. Uh, which we drilled in the past just to optimize uh, open pits. And we do have a high-grade high core in some of these pits that I think uh, have some roots in them that have never been tested before. So we're looking forward to doing that drilling. And um, as you notice in the, in the bottom uh, left-hand corner, there's a joint venture that we have down there on the Bora concession, which has a good geological context. We'll be doing some initial testing on that as well. So we'll flip over to the next slide, which is slide 22. Uh, we're looking at... Uh, the WASA deposit, one on the right-hand side is a plan view. On the left-hand side is a isometric view looking towards the east. And what you can see there is the greater than 1.5 gram uh, shell that we're looking at. And you'll see the two um, targets uh, that we've got there, the up-dip extensions to the known mineralization and the down-dip extensions. So these are targets that we're testing in sort of the near-mine um, vicinity. So we're not looking at the very deeps at this point in time. Uh, we're trying to define additional resources and reserves in the area where we have immediate infrastructure. So if we do, if we are successful, and I'll show you some of the results we do have on there that are successful on that, that uh, we could easily get in there, drill this off, and be adding to the current reserve and resource base on that one. So what I'll do is I'm going to roughly show you there's two sections there. We'll be looking at um, one that's at 375, which is an up-dip extension, and one at 19600. So if you look at the slide, you can refer to the northings on the top to see roughly where we are within the ore body. So the first one we're looking at is on section uh, 19375, and that's an up-dip extension. Uh, we drilled two holes there. Um, the, the, the first hole was drilling into more of an intrusive body that we intersected there with uh, lots of alteration, but not any significant intercepts on there. The hole of interest that we're looking at there is hole three, uh, which is about 125 meters um, up dip. 
of the known mineralization that we've got uh, defined already within the resource and we intersected a significant result there. As you can see, this is an estimated um, uh, estimated true width that we're looking at there of about 21 meters at about 6.9 grams per tonne. So again, these are holes that will require follow-up because uh, our spacing that we're looking at between those holes is greater than 100 meters at this point in time. So that, that we consider as a successful updip uh, hole. Uh, the next one I'm gonna show you is on 19600 North, um, which is sort of in the guts of the ore body as we move down up towards the North. And this was a deeper hole drilled down dip to test mineralization below the extents of the resource, which you can see in this slide are the um, red outline there and same in the previous slide. And what we found in this hole is we've intersected not only the main zone, uh, which intersected about 18 meters at, at 3.6 grams per ton, but we've also seen a continuation of the hanging wall zone and also the extension of a foot wall zone at depth uh, with the two intersections there, with the hanging wall zone being about 4.2 meters at 4.7 grams per ton, and then the foot wall zone is 70.5 at 3.3. Um, subsequently, since uh, we've drilled this hole, we have commenced the drilling of the, the daughter hole and give us roughly 100 meters spacing. So we're again testing this mineralization further down dip, uh, trying to get some volume built out of it. And that's really that the whole phase of the drilling at Wassa that we're doing up dip and down dip is very uh, coarse at this point. So we're doing 200 meter space fences. Uh, we're testing roughly 100 meters uh, up and down dip on those fences. And approximately 10,000 meters will be drilled in 2021. So this encompasses the results from 2020, which is about 4,000 meters. So, it's um, successful so far, and we'll probably uh, have to be doing some uh, follow-up on that uh, later on in 2021. Okay, so I'm going to go through the next slide, which sort of summarizes the work that we're going to be doing on WASA, which is slide 25. So we have the, the expiration focus is, is sort of twofold here. We're looking at, as I shown previously, the up and down dip extensions of mineralization. But um, as you can see, uh, just on that slide is uh, it's kind of busy, uh, but it shows the geochemistry overlaying with the geology overlaying with the geophysics. And uh, the little error, little 2.5 kilometer that you see on the um, right-hand side there on the image itself shows the extents of the underground workings right now. So it shows you how much we've actually tested so far on the strike length uh, on the one zone. There's two parallel zones there. So there's lots of additional targets that we'll be doing follow-up drilling on this year, um, and that's going to be involving roughly eight targets, and we'll test all of those. Uh, we'll have 27,000 meters of RC and DD and about 9,000 meters of uh, air floor drilling that we'll be following up with that WASA. So we're pretty excited about that, uh, and what this is going to do is give us um, uh, information in order to really guide exploration going forward in 2022 and subsequent years from there. So. And the main objection here is, you know, the main objective here is to define some material within 10 kilometers of the plant because, um, as Andrew rightfully pointed out and Graham pointed out, we have that excess capacity at the mill, which is roughly about 7.4 thousand tons per day. And we're currently going to be putting about 5,000 tons per day through that, so with the underground feed. Okay, I'll progress over to slide number 26. Um, 26 sort of shows us more the uh, regional uh, prospects that we're looking at. So this is the, the Benso and the Chichiwiti and HBB uh, concessions down towards the south of Wassa, which is approximately, uh, Chichiwiti would be 30 kilometers, Benso 50, and, and Father Brown at the extreme south would be 85 kilometers. And those of you that are familiar with uh, Golden Star's uh, mining history, uh, we have a haul road that goes from the Wassa Mill all the way down to Father Brown, 85 kilometers down through there. So we have access right through the center of this uh, zone from there. 
So, um, yeah, it's exciting there. We're testing roughly uh, 11 out of 30 targets that we've defined in there. Each one of those stars that you're seeing over top of the geochemistry there is a representative of a target. And we'll be testing 11 of those targets this year. And the whole idea with that is to um, bring these targets level of confidence up into a drilling, uh, a, a drilling phase. So we've got it in an expiration sort of target pyramid. And we're trying to advance these targets up through the pyramid in there. And those programs involve about 50,000 meters of air core. We've got some IP surveys that we're doing, and we've got roughly some follow-up drilling of about 14,000 meters of deeper RC and diamond drilling from there. Okay, that summarizes the exploration, and I'll pass it back over to Andrew to give us a wrap-up. Many thanks, Mitch. And um, it's great to see that step-up in activity and exploration, a lot going on, and um, look forward to updating everybody as we go through the year. So just moving on to slide 27, just to, to finalize the presentation. A lot's been accomplished in 2020, but really that's laying the foundations now for what we do next and for future development, particularly of WASA, but also of some of those targets Mitch was referring to. I think we showed the resilience and discipline in 2020 through that delivery during the pandemic. And I think the important thing there is there'll be critical elements as we look to deliver on the longer term plans. Um, critically, we've also made major strides on the balance sheet in 2020, which um, has been an area that's needed to be addressed for some time and I think as we go through this year with the settlement of the convertible debenture in August 2021, then really we've set ourselves up on a much more stable footing. And as we go through the year, there's going to be a number of catalysts in the business. And really that starts with the PEA we're putting out Monday next week. So with that, um, I'll hand it back to Pam and we'll take any questions that anybody has. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, we will now begin the question and answer session. Should you have a question, please press star followed by one on your touchtone phone. You will hear a three-tone prompt acknowledging your request and your questions will be polled in the order they are received. Should you wish to decline from the polling process, please press star followed by two. If you're using a speakerphone, please lift your handset before pressing any keys. One moment for your first question. Your first question comes from Don DeMarco with National Bank Financial. Please go ahead. Oh, uh, thanks for taking my call. Hi, Andrew and team. Um, maybe I'll just start off with a question about your underground mining fleet. I think your fleet consists of uh, 40K ton trucks. Do you guys have intention to replace these with larger trucks? And if so, how much would that increase the capacity of a single decline and what would be the timing? Presumably be years. Yeah, uh, Don, I'll let Graham give you the detail on that, Graham. Uh, yeah, that, that's correct, Don. So the plan is to, as those 40 tonne uh, fleets start uh, coming to the end of their, um, their life, we'll start introducing 60 tonne fleet. Um, that will start this year. And, um, and you know, that re... Um, that new fleet will sort of roll in over a couple of years. Um, this year, 
with the with kind of ramping up the pace bill, and that will enable us to uh, to ramp up the production rate sort of over 2021. Um, our, our key focus this year is really to push the capital development and get the decline down a little bit further ahead of ourselves, get some more levels in, and that will, as much as the trucking fleet, that will enable um, a, a bit of an increase in production. Um, but um, you know the, the 60 ton fleet itself is not is not the only key to you know increasing that production rate beyond 5,000 tons per day. Right. Okay. Because 40 to 60, I mean that's a 50 percent increase. Um, but yeah. it wouldn't be a commensurate increase from 5,000 up to closer to the you know, six or seven thousand, would it? No. The, 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 the key. No. No, the key will be the key will be uh, availability of stopes and and keeping you know a stock of um, available stopes at any given time. That gives you you know blending um, capability from a grade perspective. Um, gives you plan flexibility from a tonnage perspective, um, and and you know having having those things available. And then obviously the fleet will will add a little bit, but the the decline then becomes a constraining piece because you know you you have to handle all the various bits of traffic and you know um, drills and jumbos and things rolling up and down the decline as well. So um, some, something um, Andrew touched on the PEA something um, we can point to some of those um, those key parts of the of the longer term plan that sort of that show that roadmap. Okay. Yeah, we're looking forward to the PEA. And uh, just shifting to exploration, Mitch had uh, talked about some of the regional targets. If you do have success regionally, would that mean that you could potentially continue with just a single decline at Lhasa? Yeah, I, we're looking for the PA, and, and maybe with regional success, is it possible you might not implement some of the plans in the PA, which might include, you know, different methods to increase mining rates? I think um, I'll give you my view. On that, Donna, I don't think that regional success displaces the expansion of the underground uh, Wasa, given there's a compelling argument for that. I think what it potentially could open up to is an expansion of processing capacity. I mean, that's certainly more the way I'd look at it if we're in the position where that's, I guess, what you'd call a quality problem to have, that, you know, we've got near mine exploration success ideally that comes sooner rather than later so we're able to fill the plant sooner rather than later but if we've got sufficient material on a longer term basis then i think you'd look very carefully then at does that justify an expansion of the plant and then you know bigger overall production volume coming out of the asset i don't know graham if there's anything you want to say at this point on that no, that's that's exactly um, exactly the answer that I would have given. You know, that the opportunity is to really optimise Wasser, and then if there's more material with all with the expiration, then um, yeah, that that creates the opportunity to expand the plant. So um, yeah, completely okay. agree. Okay, uh, thanks for that. And maybe just uh, uh, well, my last question was actually, could you expand the mill? above seven, the nameplate, it was mentioned at 7,400. I know maybe this is preliminary, but how how high could you take it and what would be the cost potentially? Um, I'll pass that one to Graham. We've, we've done some, you know, very high level thinking about that, but um, Graham, I don't know if there's anything else you want to say at this point. 
No, I, except to say that um, you know the the plant we, have, we haven't done any we haven't done any detailed work on that, Don. I mean, really, the focus has been on how do we um, unlock the capacity that we do have. Um, well, you know, we've we've had a quick look at things. You know, there's plenty of um, crushing capacity, um, so you might need to add some milling capacity, or you might change to a um, you know, semi-autogenous grinding um, method or something. But, um, you know, you, you've got a very good footprint. Um, you've got really good infrastructure. The, um, you know, the paste bill means that, um, you know, nearly all of the WASA um, generated tailings will be going back underground. So you've got, you've got um, tailings capacity longer term. So... You know, I think it would be a um, you wouldn't be talking masses of capital to to do an expansion, but but preliminary, as you say. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks so much for that. Good luck. That's all for me. Thanks, Don. Thanks, Don. Ladies and gentlemen, as a reminder, if you'd like to ask a question, please press star followed by one. There are no further questions at this time. Please proceed. Thank you very much. And um, we'll be back Monday, where we'll be able to obviously take you through a lot more detail on the PEA. So I'm sure um, there'll be a lot more to talk about at that point in time. But as ever, give us a call if there's anything else you want to go through in the meantime. Thank you very much. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, this concludes your conference call for today. We thank you for participating and ask that you please disconnect your lines. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time.